Let's talk about Riverside.fm, the leading podcast and video creation platform that's changing the game on how creators record content. Riverside.fm allows you to record studio quality audio and up to 4K video on their platform. Now you can interview a guest a thousand miles away and it'll sound like you're sitting in the same room. It's as easy to use as Zoom, but gives much higher quality audio and video recordings. Did we mention that they have a mobile app? This allows guests to connect directly from their phone and record content from anywhere. After your content is finished, you can easily grab clips to share them across your social media channels. So if you're looking for a hero platform for all your recording needs, from podcasts to webinars to other video content, you should be using Riverside FM. Sign up today so you can focus on your content and leave the quality to Riverside FM. Use promo code SHIPIT and receive a 30% discount on your first three months of your subscription. That's promo code SHIPIT to receive a 30% discount on the first three months of your subscription. Back to the show. Welcome to episode number 22 of the Talking Blues podcast. Special episode today because Chelsea won again against Leeds. I guess every episode special then of late. Um, due to Chelsea winning so much, we we draw we drew with uh, Tom the other week or last weekend, but we don't talk about that. It was a close game to the end. I think the scoreline doesn't really show how good Chelsea played in this one. Coming down uh, or coming back from a one nil lead. Um, with Leeds, former player Patrick Bamford scoring, or former Chelsea player, yeah, Patrick Bamford um, scoring for Leeds in the fourth minute, right out the gate. Chelsea fans being at Stamford Bridge for the first time since um, Project Restart. Uh, that was great to see. But yeah, we got goals once again from Olivier Giroud, Kurt Zuma, who is now tied with Timo Werner for Chelsea's leader in goal scoring, which is unbelievable, uh, with four goals. He leads probably all of Arsenal's attackers in scoring, if I'm going to be completely honest. Um, sorry, Arsenal fans, but had to put that one in there. And then we had Christian Pulisic to seal the game off and give Chelsea the three points um, with the nice assist from Timo Werner. What a goal there. I really like that one at the end, the sliding Pulisic on that one. Um, that was in the 93rd minute. I'm also joined by Peter and Alex, two co-hosts for this podcast. 3-1 final. What you guys think? Uh, I think we played so much better than Leeds played. We completely outplayed them, outperformed them, did every almost basically everything better than them. They basically had the goal and then maybe like a few to minor, minor chances that weren't really anything to worry about. But we just completely outplayed them. Like we, we just played, we played really, really well. We had so many chances. It easily could have been like five or six if Timo Werner, Timo Werner could have had should have had one where he I don't, did, I don't want to talk about it, did things that I shouldn't have done. Then obviously he missed a few chances that he also probably should have scored, which is kind of worrying because he's been missing some some pretty good chances as of late. But I still think it's, it's probably not the biggest thing to worry about because you can't score them all. And obviously, I don't know, it's... Maybe something we should be looking like uh, closer at, but he's created so many chances. Obviously, getting the assist to Ballistic, that was uh, showing us pace. 
But I mean, he he's it's not like he's not scoring at all. He's still scoring. He's still performing well. Just if he if he can uh, finish better, he's gonna be best attacker in the league, arguably uh, up there at the top. And then Giroud also getting another goal. Probably should have had two if Timo Werner didn't do whatever he did. Uh, he's playing really well. Uh, get to see. Hopefully, we actually get to keep him in January if we start giving him some more playtime. Because I mean, that's what that's what uh, people are saying that he's probably. I think it was to go to some a few Syria teams that he's been rumored to go to. Hopefully, we can keep him and he can keep performing like he has been. And yeah, I think overall, Zuma scoring, defense playing really solid again. Pretty much that just one. I, I wouldn't even say that's a defensive mistake more as it was just a really, really good pass and it was hard for anyone on the defense to do anything about it. But other than that, defense played really solid. Uh, midfield played really so solid. Kovacic definitely should start the next game. He played really, really well. Uh, his dribbling is just super, super good and he can create so many chances with that. But yeah, overall, I think everyone played well and hopefully we can keep this momentum going into next weekend. Yeah, really great performance. 3-1 definitely, you know, flattered Leeds in that game. Leeds, obviously, a, a pretty formidable opponent. Um, I think it was, a, it, w- it was a tough match for sure. Definitely a different style of team than we're used to playing. Um, and, and, you know, the first goal that they scored, obviously getting up 1-0 against us, you know, kind of confusion. Uh, just not really even a bad goal on you know Chelsea's defense part but the ball from Phillips into Bamford was just inch perfect and you know Mendy was just caught in no man's land and you know right behind Zuma and Thiago Silva um, who's obviously not the quickest was not able to get um, there in time but yeah Timo Werner missing that un like I don't know what what was happening there he's becoming a meme all over social media for that Um, but you know, people got to leave him alone. He's not, he's not a bust. Like so many people are saying just because he missed one shot and you know, he more than one shot. Sorry. One bad shot, right? Like the rest, like he should have finished, but they weren't like open goal. Well, that was an open goal. Uh, 100%. You have that one. Um, I feel like you had a few in the UEFA champions league games. There has not just been one opportunity. There has been many opportunities where Timo Werner has not been able to finish, and it's something he just needs to he needs to uh, to fix. So I just want to make that clear. There, there, there was the one clear and obvious one, but go ahead. Yeah, there. I mean, there's been many, but this one was obviously the most clear. Like, oh my God, what was he doing? Um, and, and you could see what he was trying to do. He was trying to cushion it. He mishit it. So it, it's not. It's not. It was still very bad, and you know he needs to work on that. And it's been a, you know, it's been a problem for him so far, and he needs to become a little bit more clinical in front of goal. Yeah, Frank Lampard was very excited with that final goal with Pulisic. You could tell there was there was something. Uh, I, I mean, there's been a history between Chelsea and Leeds. The last time we played them was a while ago. I can't remember the exact year. I saw it before the game. I want to say like 2016, something like that. But that could be wrong. Um, but yeah, it was a great game. So I think we'll we'll go into the substitutes now. There was Kai Havertz who came, or Mateo Kovacic who came on for Kai Havertz. Um, Olivier Giroud came off for Tammy Abraham. And then there was an injury to Hakeem Ziyech uh, and Christian Pulisic came on for him. And that was earlier in the game. That was about the 30th minute. 
Uh, next up was a Kai Havertz sub, which was the 67th minute, and then Olivier Giroud for Tammy Abraham was Chelsea's final sub, and that was the 79th minute. So speaking of the injury to Hakeem Ziyech, uh, you know, Frank Lampard talked after the game. They're still waiting on some scans, um, which should probably come today, of course, right after we upload this episode. So, you know, of course, beautiful timing as usual. Um, so, but they're expecting somewhere between a couple weeks that he will miss just based on the initial uh, assessment of the hamstring injury. But some even worse news now, or not even worse, just some more bad news. Um, Callum Hudson-Odoi had a hamstring injury uh, yesterday when this episode comes out Sunday, uh, the day right after the game, uh, in training. So that's obviously not good. They're going to also be taking a look at that. We don't know how much time he's going to miss, but he will not be available for uh, Tuesday's clash against Krasnodar. So that will be, uh, you know, definitely something that we will miss, um, especially, especially an opportunity for him to prove himself, obviously, with all these talented attackers that we have on our team. Yeah, so as you know on this podcast, we go through all the previews and recaps, so we will have your lineup preview to this game uh, with all the updates necessary coming from Frank Lampard, coming from the Hudson-Odoi injury, and that'll come up in one second right after the stats. Once again, final, um, Chelsea 3 leads 1, fouls were 12-9, to Chelsea. Uh, two yellow cards that came against Leeds, no red cards in this game. Leeds was offside four times compared to Chelsea's one. 8 to 4 in corner kicks and that uh, Chelsea led in that and then 7 to 4 in sa- or 7 to 2 in saves um Leeds won that possession once again second game in a row where Chelsea have not controlled possession which is uh, new to see 54% to 46% Leeds won that shots um were 23 to 8 and then shots on goal were 11 to 3 Chelsea dominated both of those now Chelsea's last 5 has been three wins one draw or four wins and one draw, um, the draw coming against Tottenham, and then the wins coming against Wren, Newcastle United, Sheffield United, and Sevilla. I think, is that everything? Peter, you have anything for the for the game? Uh, no, that's pretty much it. Just one thing, you kind of mentioned the thing between Chelsea and Leeds, and uh, remember that Frank Lampard, before getting the Chelsea job, was the coach of Derby County, and they actually, him and uh, Bielsa, Leeds manager uh, had to fight for uh, play, getting into the playoff promotion playoffs, and so they kind of have a rivalry. So it was kind of nice to see us come out on top of that. Not a major thing, just something to add. All right, let's get into this game. Chelsea cross the door once again. The last day in Group E. It's very sad, but I'll take it. It's not very sad because Chelsea um, are going to win Group E. This is basically, I'm not going to say it's an irrelevant game, but it's a nice game where we're going to be able to see. Um, some substitutes that would normally not play for Chelsea in this one. We'll get into it um, just in a bit. Once again, game is tomorrow, Tuesday, 3 p.m. EST, Eastern Time, and then 8 p.m. for any of you British viewers. Chelsea, once again, is first in Group E with 13 points. Goal differential is 12 to negative 1 to second place Sevilla with 10 points. <clears throat> and then Krasnodar has four points and then theirs is negative five their goal differential their last five is um a win three losses and one draw compared to chelsea's once again four wins and one draw so this should be pretty easy even with our subs um alex likes to mention i think we all like to mention on this podcast but mainly alex always likes to mention the uh, crazy amount of depth that we have here at chelsea so this game 
with our subs and non-starters most of the time could be a team, you know, a normal starting 11 for some teams in the Premier League. Uh, I'm not going to go into naming them because, you know, we don't want to throw any shade at other clubs, but this is definitely a, a, a game with the amount of players that we wouldn't normally start, and we'll go into that right now. So I think we're going to have a 4-3-3, and we normally say here that Mendy, immediate starter, you know, always a starter um, for Chelsea. We don't want to see Kepa out there, but it looks like, and according to Frank Lampard, it will be Kepa Rizabalaha in net for Chelsea. I think I said his last name wrong, but we're not even going to go into that. So let's start out by saying that Kepa's going to be in net. Alex, you can go ahead next because from what I see, Alex is very excited about me saying Kepa's last name incorrectly. You know, it, it just giving me flashbacks to our interview with Neil Barnett uh, where he was talking about Kepa and uh, he said his name in a very interesting way. If you want to go check that episode out, that was what, episode 12, something like that. It was a while ago, but a quality interview. So go check that out. Um, yeah, uh, Kepa and goal. Just a chance for him to prove himself. Hopefully his value rises. He makes a crazy amount of great saves and, you know, things go well. Um, But yeah, episode 10 with Neil Barnett. Sorry, Um, just wanted to point that out. But go check it out. And Keppa's in goal. Unlike Alex, about it's about... I don't think it's about cost while we're starting him. I think it's more about making sure he's not completely bad right he's not terrible that he could be the backup instead of caballero because right now i'd say caballero is above him but if kepa plays well in this game and maybe that gives frank some confidence maybe he gets another chance in a game against a smaller team in the premier league where it actually has some importance and try to slowly build up his confidence or he just plays badly and we know, okay, well, Caballero is the backup. I think it's more about like feeling out how Kepa's confidence is, trying to raise that up so he can play better, and seeing if he's actually a capable backup instead of Caballero. And I think hopefully he plays well, because then oh, even if he plays well and we don't end up liking what we see, like Alex said, it, 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 it raises the value on him and we can sell him for more. Okay, Kepa Ariza Balaha. Is that correct? Is that the correct saying? Am I supposed to emphasize the G Ariza Balaga? What is going on here? Okay. Why don't you just say uh, Kepa? Just yeah, we'll we'll, st- we'll stick <laughs> we'll stick it's with Kepa. Ariza Balaga. Kepa Ariza Balaga. I thought you're supposed to like emphasize it like an H. I don't even know. I hope we're not uh, losing sleep over this after this episode. All right, let's go into the backs. I will start out at my left back position. I'm going to have Emerson, and then at my right back position, I'm going to have Azbilicueta. Um, Wish we had one more right back, because I'd rather just rest uh, Ariz Balaka. He's starting at right back now. Azbilicueta, but that is not going to happen. I think he will start. Apparently, now I said Azbilicueta wrong. Um, yeah, I have the same two starting. I think Aspie in there will give some experience to this generally younger lineup um, or just more inexperienced recently lineup. And I think he will be starting there with Emerson at left back. You could see Marcus Alonso in there as well, trying to prove himself, whatever he has to prove. Maybe he can defend now. That would be helpful. Um, but yeah, Emerson, solid performance against Sevilla. And I think he follows it up with another uh, start in the Champions League. 
Well, for my lineup, uh, I decided to go a bit, not a bit, a very weird. So I'm going to have three center backs. And I guess I'll say them first instead of saying outside backs. But my three center backs, I think they're going to be Tamori, Rudiger, and Aspie. So I'm kind of changing it up. Okay, center backs now. We'll go on to that. I'm going to have Rudiger and Christensen. I believe they started against Sevilla last game. They played pretty well. So I'm going to have them starting again. That went completely against what we said on our preview. Uh, we did not expect Frank to do all this work, but he did it, and um, that's what happened in that game. So, yeah, Christensen and Rudiger at the center backs. So I'm going to go here with Tamori and Christensen. I think Rudiger is someone that we may be playing every once in a while. Obviously, Tiago Silva, not the youngest, so I think he will be um, not put out for this game. Not that he needs rest, per se, but just... Um, to see what Fakayo Tomori can do out there. He hasn't played in a while. Um, maybe to see if some suitors will come in for a loan move for him. Not that even if he didn't play, I think there would still be people interested. Um, moving to the midfield for me, I'm going to have Mateo Kovacic. This one could be Mason Mount, um, but I don't think so. I think we're going to have Jorginho in there. And Billy Gilmore also confirmed uh, to be starting by Frank Lampard. He'll get his first start. Um, and that will be very exciting. I believe it's his first start, or at least first start in a while. Um, so that will be very exciting for him, and it'll be nice to see him after his long, extensive injury. Uh, for my midfield, uh, I guess I'll say uh, I'm having as I have three center backs. I'm gonna have two, I guess, right wing, right wing back, left wing back, right mid, left mid, whatever you want to call it, but more defensive minded, and I'll include those there. I'm not sure. I think most likely it'll be if Frank decides to go with his formation, which who knows, he probably won't. But if he does, I think we might see Emerson at the at the right wing back spot and then have Alonzo at the left wing back spot. But I'm not sure if Emerson would be that comfortable in that position. If not, I think we'll just see Reese James there. But anyway, then I, my, I'm doing, instead of a 4-3-3, like, we sometimes would do if we have three at the back. I'm going to do more of a, I guess, a 3-4-1-2. So two kind of holding midfielders and an attacking midfielder. I think that two holding midfielders are going to be Jorginho and Billy Gilmore. And then the attacking midfielder is going to be Kai Havertz. All right, so for me, I'm going to have Jorginho, Kovacic, and uh, Billy Gilmore as well. Like Alex said, he's already a starter for Chelsea uh, in this one confirmed. And then, so yeah, so... Orhenio, the holding, and then really uh, Kovacic and Gilmore are more the attacking midfielders. Um, for this one, I'll go to my front three. Left wing, I'm going to have Christian Pulisic. He seems healthy and fit, and he's ready to start this one. He had a good amount of minutes uh, after coming on as a sub for the injured Hakeem Ziyech. So I think we see him play pretty well, hopefully. Uh, and we'll, we'll go from there to the striker position. I'm going to have Tammy Abraham. I think Olivier Giroud gets the rest after starting two straight games. And then I'm going to have Kai Havertz starting in my right wing uh, position because we don't have Callum Hudson-Odoi or Hakeem Ziyech for this one. Uh, for me, uh, I'm going to, I have, I guess, two strikers in there. The Cam Havertz is going to play behind them. I think Tammy Abraham and Timo Werner will play as this two up top. Uh, it's kind of, I feel like this, another benefit of this is this is somewhat more familiar to Timo Werner because... He obviously, at Red Bull Leipzig, he played with Yusef Poulsen, who is in quite similar, in my opinion, to Tammy Abraham. 
he kind of played where Tammy Abraham would be kind of a target man and Werner had more freedom to would have more freedom to kind of just move into more space. So I think this could be a benefit. Hopefully he's more familiar, might help him out, get more confidence, play better overall, get a few more goals, uh, get his shooting boots back. So Tammy Abraham and Timo Werner is two up top for me. So for me, it's interesting here. I'm going to go with, I believe, the same front three as Josh had. Um, I'm going to go Pulisic on the left, uh, Abraham up the middle, and Havertz on the right-hand side. You may see Bill, Billy Gilmore go out there. You might see Billy Go Gilmore a little bit out more on the left, Pulisic on the right. You're going to see some rotation there, I believe, because obviously right wing's not Havertz's, um, you know, comfortable or most comfortable position. Don't count out seeing Timo Werner in the second half, though. I can see him being a halftime substitute, maybe coming on 60th minute or so, because I think he needs the confidence right now. And against the team, no offense to Krasnodar, who are Krasnodar, or Krasnodar, I don't know how to say their name properly. Um, they're, you know, not even going to make it to Europa League, so we're not going to talk about it. You know, I'm just dissing them all the time. Any Krasnodar fans, I'm sorry. Um, but, yeah, I think he has to come on. And he needs to gain some confidence. And I think Frank's going to want to do that and put him on the pitch. And hopefully he scores a couple goals and, uh, you know, gets him back in form in the Premier League and for other important games in the future. All right, let's go on to score prediction. I think we all have Chelsea winning this one. Or I hope we have Chelsea winning this game 2-0 final for me. And I hope Edward Mendy keeps a uh, Oh, whoa. Whoa, Keppa keeps a clean sheet in this one. Uh, I hope Keppa keeps a clean sheet in this one too, but it's Keppa, so I am not confident at all. I think it's going to be a 4-1 win for Chelsea. And by the way, Alex, Krasnodar, Krasnodar, whichever, uh, they are going to make the Europa League because they beat Ren uh, before, so they're at four points, Ren's at one point, and I don't think Ren is going to beat Sevilla in my opinion. So I think basically unless Ren pull up an upset against Sevilla, Krasnodar will be making the Europa League, but that doesn't really matter. They're still, your point still stands. They're not as strong as teams we've played before. I apologize to all my Krasnodar fans out there. I didn't know this information. Thank you, Peter, for uh, fact-checking that one. My score prediction, I don't see Kepa clicking a clean sheet. Um, it's going to be 5-2 Chelsea. I think we're going to score a whole bunch of goals. Kepa's going to make some sort of, He's going to score an own goal or something. Something bad's going to happen. I'm just feeling it. I see a vision inside my head of the future. Um, so I'm going to go 5-2 Chelsea. A Billy Gilmore goal and a Pulisic goal and two goals off the bench for Timo Werner. I know. Alex always just tries to sneak it in there. This isn't even part of the show, but Alex just wants to sneak in those goal predictions. So, uh, you know, I'm not even going to do anything. Uh, uh, Peter, you can add anything if you want to put some goal predictions. But I really – Alex is going with his own flaw. I don't even know what he's doing uh, right now. So I think let's go to the outro. Uh, I'll just do it right now real quick. Um, go follow us on Twitter at TalkingBluesPod. And then go also um, – go like the tweets as Alex, if you're not able to watch a game or listen to the game or follow the game, um, you know, live, I guess – you could say you can follow you can follow Alex on Twitter at the Talking Blues Pod, and he will give you game updates during the game. He'll let you know what's going on if there's goals uh, and stuff like that. So go follow us on Twitter, and also go follow the Giant Take Pod on Twitter. Um, that's a podcast that Alex and I have. It's a American football podcast for the New York Giants. So if you want to go check that out, um, that would be great. Go subscribe wherever you're listening to Talking Blues. Give us a five-star rating interview wherever you're able to. Mainly Apple Podcasts really helps us out. 
is there anything else I'm missing? I don't really think so. Oh, yes. Share with one friend. Share with friends and family. Make sure to share on your social medias. Tag us at the Giant Take. Oh, that's the other one. Tag us at the Giant Take Pod if you're going to do it for our other podcast. For this podcast, tag us at Talking Blues Pod uh, on Twitter if you're going to share that one. Uh, we really appreciate you listening all the way um, to episode number 22. And we're going to keep putting them out, especially now during December. We're going to have a lot of games to cover. Um, recaps and previews every week hopefully two episodes a week one in the early one in the late um parts of the week so really appreciate you listening and that'll do it for episode 22 of the talking blues podcast we will see you next time Welcome to the All 80s Movies Podcast. I'm Bill. And I'm Jason. And this is the podcast where we talk about the blockbusters, the flops, and everything in between from one of the freshest decades for movies, the 1980s. So whether you're a brain, a jock, a valley girl, or a Jedi, we've got some 80s classics for you. Do these movies stand the test of time? Are we discovering something new? Is there an 80s movie we're finally watching for the first time? Join us each week as we dive into the cinematic nostalgia that inspired and influenced a generation. From the hits to the cult classics, we'll discuss our earliest memories, favorite scenes, fun facts, and our not-so-favorite movie moments, too. It's the All 80s Movies Podcast, now available on all major streaming platforms. Please subscribe and happy listening.